Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. seems like five years of waiting for this damn schedule to release it finally dropped and we're going to go through every game every matchup what to expect from this season in our way too early predictions hello everybody and welcome back to charge on as always i'm your host sean green before we get started guys a quick word from bet online guys bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season everything from the nfl playoffs to pro and college basketball UFC, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable, Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.eg to join or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B L E A V to receive your rewards. Bet Online where the game starts. We've been saying it. They said it. It seemed like it was going to have it was going to drop at the end of this month, Rob. And Rob Husby is joining me today. Nick is not going to be joining us if we do another episode uh this week for National Signing Day. He will be on there and give you his thoughts on the schedule, but you've got us for today, which I think is more than enough thoughts. Two people's thoughts on the schedule is probably just enough uh cuz there's a lot to get into. But they said end of the month, Rob. They they took it to the last day of the given month, uh, January thirty first. They dropped the entire schedule, and we we knew they were going to drop it today. And I think there was a lot of excitement. I think for any UCF fan, I think it now feels a little bit real, right? We knew we've known for about a year that we were going to the Big Twelve, right? But when you now finally see the full slate of games, and you're like, oh, I mean. You're going to Texas Tech in November. You're playing, basically, you get the, your first game in the Big 12, you get Kansas State at Kansas State, the Big 12 champions from last year. So the wake-up call is real. You are now a Power 5 program. And I think for all UCF fans, it wasn't even so much about who you're playing and where. It was, you're there. You're finally there. But kind of give your take, you know, how exciting is it for you to finally see you know, UCF be on the big stage a little bit and finally get to that power five level. Yeah. I mean, to start off, I think it's kind of, I mean, we're coming in guns blazing uh, into the big 12, you know, they're not pulling any punches with UCF. They're not, they're not holding back. They're saying, listen, we're going to give you a tough schedule. You're in a tough conference. Um, You know, outside of the SEC, this is, Outside of the SEC and really the Big Ten, this is probably the hardest conference right now in college football. Uh, and there's a case to be made against the Big Ten as well. I mean, we saw it last year. The Big 12 had the most teams um, in, uh, in in the rankings towards the end of the season. Uh, so the Big 12 is is no joke when it comes to football. It's a it's a damn good basketball um, conference, and it's a it's almost it's it's getting up there with football now too. Uh, you have a lot of really good teams. So UCF is not in the American anymore where there's a lot of feeder teams. There's a lot of bad teams that just UCF can kind of beat up on or, 
you know, as, as we kind of saw last year, UCF can struggle against, um, you know, all of these teams are really, really solid uh, that they're going to be facing in the Big 12. Uh, the Big 12, I think, compared to a lot of other conferences, is usually pretty wide open. There's not really a set uh, favorite coming in. I mean, th- there's favorites that you'll see uh, the experts give their opinions on, but there's no real there's so much parity in the big 12 that I think you come into it seeing that there's no clear cut winner. Usually everybody's it's kind of wide open. So I really do like that UCF is getting into a conference. That's going to have a lot of competition because we're going to see these games really, really matter. Every single game against a big 12 opponent is going to matter. You can't drop these games and, and just, you know, say, Oh, on to next week, on to next week. These are going to be big games. Every game is, is a playoff game. Um, so UCF is not going to be in a conference anymore where they can kind of just sit back and and hope for the best. You know, they're going to have to give their, their, their all. Um, but, you know, to see them finally get to a power five conference, I think is really, really special because everybody has talked about how oh, one day UCF will get there. Right. When, when they were in conference USA, I yeah, one team, one, one day they'll get to a bigger conference and they got to the American. And then we were in the American and for years we said, Oh, well, one day they'll get to a Power Five conference, whether it's the ACC, whether it's you know the Big Twelve, and and now they're here. They're in the Big Twelve, and I don't think it's set in just yet. I mean, the schedule is certainly the first step towards really this being set in stone. But once you get your first you know Big Twelve kickoff on the road against Kansas State, I think that's when it's going to really set in that this is a Big Twelve team. Yeah, eight of UCF's nine Big 12 games come against teams that played in postseason bowl games following last season. So you said it. Like, you're getting a solid team every single week. You're not getting a... It's Listen, you're not getting a cupcake a cupcake uh, after a really tough game, right? You're, you're getting quality teams that have quality players, quality depth, and you have to bring it every week. And we said it, right? UCF is talented. In the American, they were the most talented team. They didn't come out on top, but on paper, they're the most talented. In the Big 12, it's a lot more even now. Now, I think the good thing about UCF and the reason why UCF can really be successful early is, listen, it's a Florida school, Florida program. A lot of players are going to want to come to UCF now that they're in the Power Five. Same reason why a lot of people want to go to Florida States, Florida's Miami. Florida and Texas are two very powerful programs, or very powerful states, excuse me. So UCF can make a name for themselves fairly quickly. And we're going to go into all of these games, and we'll see. Like, we'll see, listen, kind of best case scenario, worst case scenario, because this is not an easy schedule by any means. By any means of the the name, this is not an easy schedule, but it's also the toughest schedule in program history. And it should be. You're now going to a Power 5 conference. That should happen. And year by year, you'll face new challenges and new obstacles. But the best teams, they power through it. They play the teams. And that's what makes them successful. So you want to get into this, Rob? You want to kind of... I think we should just get uh, into yeah, it. Yeah, let's get into it. Let's let's dive. Let's dive into this. All right. So first three games. Okay. First three games are pretty interesting, I would say, because if you drop one of these games, and I, I said it on last week's pod when I was by myself, you can't drop one of these games. You need to start three and zero, right? 
Kent State. First game at home, uh, obviously, Matt Conference. They were 5-7 and seven last year, which again, you, you go from playing an HBCU to start the season last year in South Carolina State to Kent State, which again, I'm not saying, you know, Kent State's great, but you are playing a team, you know, that it, they were 5-7 and seven last year. So it's not like they're totally easy. They put up 22 points on Georgia. I mean, they lost 39-22. to 22. So again... I'd say that's pretty good, uh, you know, when you play the national champs. Um, first game, and Marcellus Marshall, he was our he's our offensive tackle transfer. He had great tape. He was their starter at Kent State. He transferred here. He's going to be in the mix to kind of start for us. I think that offensive line is one of the big questions going in. But I think we can. We're not going to get too much into that. I think we can both say that's a solid, a solid win, right? We don't need to really go too too far into that one. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I think you kind of said it there. Uh, it's it's not you know, um, SC State where you're probably going to drop fifty something points on them. Um, but this is still a team you should beat and, and beat pretty handedly. I mean, again, it's not a team to take super super lightly, but it's still a team you got to beat. And to start off the season, this should be a gimme win at this point. I mean, I hope they drop 50. That would, I mean, that would make me feel very confident, very confident about the offense. Um, the game that I think every, like, I'm not going to say I'm not nervous for it. Because, I mean, September 9th, you travel to Boise. We've known this has been on the schedule for years now. Uh, going back to 2021, this is where Gus got his first win as the head coach of UCF football. It was at home. If you guys remember that game, the Cardiac Knights were in full force. Uh, it that was a rough game to watch, but they ended up pulling out the victory. That was a while ago. Very different teams, very different. Like, and I'll give um Andy Avalos credit. He's the head coach at Boise State. Seven and five in his first year. That was the year he played us in 2021. Last year they went 10 and four, uh, and eight and zero oh in the Mountain West Conference. So he's turned the program. Obviously, Boise State has always been pretty good. Uh, they obviously switched head coaches. That head coach no longer has a job. Uh, but switch head coaches, it only took them a year to kind of get back to where they were. 10-4 and four is a solid season for Boise. So what challenges, Rob? I mean, again, especially now in a Power 5, usually Power 5 schools in the first three games schedule cupcake teams to start out good. And again, the Power 5, it's funny, right? You start out with your cupcake schedule to get to, get to three wins. And then you only have to win three more games to get a bowl game. That's kind of this thing for UCF where the three games are so crucial to start out and get out to a good start. And going to Boise on the road in week two, it's one of those games, Rob, where I think we look at it and we're like, week two is one of those weeks for UCF where we just get a little nervous that there's going to be that drop off and that's a potential loss. Yeah, I mean, you you look at it the way you look at the uh, Louisville game. You know, you go into it saying, okay, on paper, UCF probably should beat this team. Um, you know, no disrespect to uh, Boise State at all. I mean, obviously, like you said, they had a great season last year. But again, it's on paper. UCF is the stronger team. They're the Power 5 team. They're the team that should be expected to win coming into this matchup. But listen, two years ago, again, very different teams, but they struggled. I mean, UCF, you know, really was struggling to start the game. Um, and Boise State, it was, it was all Boise State. And then finally, UCF kind of flipped the switch and was like, all right, let's 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 get locked in after halftime. Um, you know, you can't really do this against this Boise State team anymore. I mean, this is a much better Boise State team. It's a much better program. Um, 
they've kind of turned it around, like you said. So, yeah, I mean, going into week two, it, it looks like kind of like a Louisville matchup. You know, this is a team you should be expected to beat, but I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, they lose to Boise State or they get kind of slipped up against them, especially traveling on the road. I mean, traveling at Boise State is a very hard matchup. Um, I still think UCF would get the win here. Uh, I think that talent does win out, but listen, it's not going to be easy. I think this is going to be a pretty close game. Yeah, I, I I tend to agree. I think we UCF gets the dub, but yeah, that is not like UCF has a tough road schedule, and that certainly does not help. But I think that also is a if you do win that game, I think that does like I don't care when you're looking at conferences or whatever. Boise State is a legitimate win. I think that's kind of what helped us last year is beating Boise at home and the way they they did it and in week one definitely looked better at the end of the year. We're like they did win. Now, Dylan Gabriel was the quarterback, and he only played one more game after that, but that was a good win. And I think with Boise this year, they're ten, listen, they're coming off a 10-4 and four season last year. You have to go in and, and punch them in the mouth. You can't slack off. I think that's partially, you know, UCF wasn't terrible on the road last year. They were actually pretty good. I mean, beating Tulane on the road one time, you know, they did lose to ECU. But besides that, they were pretty okay on the road. Getting that early road win against Boise is going to set you up because you don't have two straight home games all year. You get one home game and you're on the road the next week. So you don't get back-to-back home games. So getting into that routine of, listen, you go home versus Kent State, away versus Boise, and then you're back home, you have to start getting in that routine because your routine is pretty much Home away, home away, home away, home away. That's pretty much what your season is. And that could be tough on a football team. But if they can get into a rhythm like that, I think it'll be much easier for them. So, yeah, I think we both agree 2-0. and And then you go September 16th, week after, um, at home versus Villanova. Listen, no disrespect to Villanova. They were 6-5 and five last year. But listen, I did all my research on all these teams because I didn't want to sound stupid. Listen, we didn't watch a lot of Big 12 basketball or Big 12 basketball, Big 12 football last year. So I wanted to kind of acquaint myself with a lot of the teams we're playing now. Villanova is not in the Big 12. Let me make that very clear. Um, I literally wrote in my notes, not much to say here. Biggest team they played last year was Army, and they lost 49 to 10. So if you go look at Villanova's roster from last year, listen, they did go six and five. But I'm sure you probably couldn't name most of the schools that they did play, which, again, not their fault. It is what it is. But it clearly is not a team that I think UCF will have many problems with. We're not going to go too far into it. I'm just assuming we're both three and zero. Like we're gonna, we're both assuming UCF will will go three and zero in those three games with the rosters and the teams that we're playing. Correct. Yeah, I think so. Again, I could see two and one just with Boise State, but I think of the three matchups, Villanova is clearly. I mean, if if they win the first two, I don't see how they lose that third one against Villanova. If this was if this was UCF yeah. men's basketball playing Villanova, it'd be a little bit different. I'd be a little bit. I'd be kind of wet in my pants. But uh, UCF football playing Villanova football, I I don't think I'm worried at all. Really, um, of the three matchups. Yeah. No, I get that. Um, okay, so there's we're starting. We both assume starting off three and zero, and I think that's what probably most UCF fans assume. Well, guys, let's get in to the Big Twelve slate. 
and it does not get easy to start. Uh, you start at Kansas State, who, like I said, Rob, won the Big 12. They beat TCU, who was in the national championship. They did lose to Bama in the Sugar Bowl um, by a lot, 45-20, to 20, so that was not pretty. But I think getting Bama in that spot, like Bama, a, a pissed-off Bama that, you know, nobody wants to play a pissed-off Bama. Um, they finished 14th in the AP. I think they were ninth in the CFP rankings. They had some really big key wins and they had a tough schedule last year. I mean, they beat Missouri 40 to 12 at the time. They beat number six, Oklahoma 41, 34 at the time. They beat Oklahoma state who was ninth in the country, 48 to nothing. And that was with Sp- uh, Spencer Sanders in there. So it wasn't like it was just the backup. It was Spencer Sanders. And then they beat TCU in the championship. But they also had key losses. They were they lost to Tulane, 17 to 10, which kind of is what put Tulane kind of on the map where we're, they were ranked because of that win. And that's why UCF, you know, when they go in and beat them, they beat Tulane only had that one key win. Um, they lost to TCU earlier in the year, 38-28. They lost to Texas, 34-27. And then, of course, they lost to Bama. Um, Will Howard is expected to be the starter. Obviously, that was a weird situation for Kansas State. They had Adrian Martinez. He gets hurt. He goes to the bench. Will Howard comes in, really impresses, and does really well for Kansas State. And they don't go back to Adrian Martinez. And they put him in certain situations, certain running situations. They would bring Martinez in. But it was mostly Will Howard. They're going to have a new running back. Um because I, I, their running back is going to the draft, so they're going to have a new running back. But I think, Rob, this is, listen, the heartbreaker, UCF played TCU, or, or not TCU, uh, Kansas State years ago. I forgot what year it was, but it was years ago. They lost 17-13 to 13 in a heartbreaker. They were winning the entire game. Kansas State's not an easy place to play. It's a great college town, great environment. But I'm going to be honest. Again, I think most UCF fans will probably agree with me, and I'm sure you would probably agree with me. First game in the Big 12 away at the Big 12 champs from last year. I'm sure that's going to be a very great crowd like it is usually. But again, it's to start their Big 12 season against us. I'm going to assume that is a loss for us. Maybe not by as much as people would assume, but... I'm assuming UCF, that is where I think there is a definite loss for the Knights. I don't think there's a a win there. And if UCF does pull off that win, then I think we hop on a podcast and we're talking like, could we win the Big 12 in year? (laughs) Like that's kind of like, that's my thought process is if UCF pulls out that win, then you're going into Baylor the next week saying, okay, I didn't think we'd be saying this, but UCF has a chance to, to make some noise. But Kind of give your take on it. September 23rd at Kansas State to open Big 12 play. Do you agree with me that I think we're taking it as a loss? Or do you think UCF has a, has a chance to pull this game? No, off? yeah, I think I think Kansas State's really tough to open up the season. Um, you could, you almost couldn't ask for a tougher opener. Uh, I don't expect that Kansas State's going to have quite the fall off from being a Big 12 champ as Baylor did last year. You know, Baylor had a losing season right after they won the Big 12 uh, the year prior. I don't expect the same for Kansas State. I think Will Howard's a really solid quarterback. I think there's a big reason why he ended up taking over for Adrian Martinez. He was the better option for the team. He's solid. Um, You know, obviously, you kind of mentioned it. The biggest loss for this team is Deuce Vaughn declaring for the NFL draft. Um, 
you know, they lost a couple guys on defense as well that were big for them uh, on the edge. But I, I think ultimately this is still a very solid team. It's a very good offensive team. And I think I, I really expect Will Howard to have a pretty good season, um, you know, starting in full for, for Kansas State. And I think that's going to be a tough matchup for UCF. And I think ultimately the talent of this Kansas State team, even with some of their lo- critical losses on defense and, of course, Deuce Vaughn um, no longer there, they still got um, – you know, a uh, transfer from Florida State uh, coming over at running back. He's expected to be pretty good. Uh, I forget his last name, but Treshawn, uh, I think it's Treshawn Ward uh, is his name. But uh, no, a solid transfer from Florida State. So they're, they're you know, kind of trying to recoup from those losses. Um, and, and I think they're solid. So yeah, opening up on the road against a solid team, defending Big 12 champs. I don't see it going very well for UCF, unfortunately. And this is the thing. This is called, these are way too early predictions for a reason. I know everybody online is making, we make, we all make the joke of all 12 and 0. And listen, you know, that's obviously the goal, but we're trying to look at this realistically. And, and who knows? I mean, I know myself and I know Rob. I am assuming after Villanova, if we have really three impressive games and maybe Kansas State goes out to a slow start and maybe doesn't look as impressive, right before Kansas State, we're like, oh, we can, we're going to win this game. I mean, we're, and then, so who knows? I mean, I think the thing about this year's Big 12 and kind of what I've seen out of the Big 12 is, like you said, Rob, at the beginning, every year, it, it Oklahoma obviously used to be head honcho. Pretty much Oklahoma wins it every year. Now with Riley at USC, there's much more parity. And in my opinion, the Big 12 was significantly better than the Big 10 last year. I mean... Because the Big Ten is top-heavy. You have the best teams at the top, the best three or four teams, and the rest is just crap. The Big 12, you had a good six teams that were really solid teams that nobody wanted to play, and anybody could have won on any given uh, on any given Saturday. So I think that's what's good about the Big 12 is there's so much more parity where any year, it could be anybody's anybody's year. And that kind of brings up Baylor. So right now we each have UCF being three and one. Baylor in 2021 were the Big 12 champs. The next year they go six and seven. So any year, and that's I think what if I'm a UCF fan, I am enthusiastic and I am I'm cautiously optimistic because you can go from six and seven to winning the Big 12 the next year, or vice versa. You can listen. If I'm Kansas State, you can go from winning the Big 12, to dropping to just making a bowl game. So who knows what can happen, Rob? And I think that's what's interesting. I think a lot of people are just assuming the four new teams are just going to be crap in the first year. But nobody knows. Anything can happen. I think the only team that I don't think is going to do very well, and that's not because of their talent. I think it's just because of their schedule is BYU. They're basically playing every top team imaginable. And they're traveling. They have probably one of the farthest travel spots they have to go. So I think BYU has it tough. I mean, Houston has it easy. Houston doesn't even have to leave the state until last couple weeks of the season. But let's go into Baylor. I mean, I think, listen, we're playing the back-to-back Big 12 champions for your first two games. I mean, they. I guess they love UCF. The Big 12 is <laughs> loving UCF. Uh, give, us the, give us the easy games right out. Baylor was an interesting team, Rob. So that is at home, first home Big 12 game. Uh, I am I cannot tell you the excitement because, listen, I'm sure 
I'm sure the first two will, are, are going to be packed regardless, Kent State and Villanova. But the getting Baylor to come in, playing them at home, first Big 12 home game, I think that place is going to be rocking. Also, it is the 10-year anniversary of the Fiesta Bowl win over Baylor. It's it, not that date, but obviously it's been 10 years since that win. So, to, listen, it's not the Texas opener that we were hoping. It's not maybe getting Oklahoma at home. But it's something to where there's a little bit of history there. I'm sure Baylor has a very sick taste in their mouth over that. But Baylor, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, Rob, uh, oh, wrong, Rob, gosh. But, yep, there you go. But Baylor, to me, I think they had a good roster last year. But it just seemed like the loss of Gary Bohannon maybe was listen. They moved over to Blake Sharpen or Shapen, I think is his name. They move over to him. Gary transfers to USF. They lose a lot. They lost a lot of guys. Baylor did, but it. They, I think they just struggled to win the big games. They they beat the teams they were supposed to beat. Which again, if you're trying to be a middle of the pack team, you beat the teams you're supposed to beat, but then you just don't win the games that you you kind of wake up for. UCF, the knock on UCF this year was they showed up for the big-time games, right? They showed up to beat ranked Cincy. They showed up to beat ranked Tulane. But then you go and you lose to Navy. Baylor was the opposite. Baylor showed up and beat the teams they were supposed to beat, but they didn't beat the teams that you know were favored against them. So kind of what are your thoughts? I'm not going to tell you my prediction yet, but kind of give your prediction on the game and do you think that is a winnable game for the Knights? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think it's a winnable game. I think this is, you know, when you come into Kansas State and you have to go and travel there and you have to play a tough Big 12 defending team, um, you know, I think it shows UCF can kind of bounce back. They're going back home. They're going to play Baylor. Baylor didn't have a great season uh, last year. You know, six and seven. They went from Big 12 champs to losing season under Dave Aranda. He decided to stay. I think a lot of people thought he was going to take a job elsewhere, maybe in the SEC, uh, you know, the year after they won the Big 12, but he decided to stay and commit to Baylor um, and, you know, kind of came out worse for it. The team wasn't very good last year, um, you know, and, and you look at uh, the whole team, it's kind of lopsided. I mean, they're a pretty good offensive team. Um, they're, they're sound on offense. You look at the other side of the field, their defense is not very good. Um, so I think, especially early on in the season, uh, Baylor's offense is really expected to carry that team to any amount of wins uh, that they get to start the season. Uh, it's kind of a transition year for their defense. So I think if UCF can kind of catch them early, which I think is, again, when you have a team that has a young defense that's in transition that wasn't good last year, um, uh, and they have to learn themselves. I think that comes out pretty well for UCF. UCF's coming into them at home, uh, and they're going to have a pretty young, inexperienced defense. So, yeah, I think UCF, as long as they can kind of uh, hold Baylor's offense in a little bit at home, I think they can absolutely get a victory here. And I, I'm going to say they get a, a bounce back victory. I think they'll they'll be able to exploit Baylor's inexperienced defense, and I think they'll kind of be able to hold that offense. I don't know if it'll be a shootout or anything like that. Um, but I think you're going to see points scored around, but I think UCF ultimately will uh, contain them and get the victory. I actually agree. I think it is a toss-up. I have them down for a win because, again, I know our crowd. I know our fans. 
I think that is probably one of the games where everything is working against Baylor. You know, it's UCF's first home game in the Big for in Big Twelve play. That the bounce house is going to be rocking, packed. They'll probably. Um, I think it was on Brandon Helwig's um, live stream. They were mentioning it how UCF's marketing team, and they're probably going to. I'm sure they'll bring a bunch of players from the Fiesta Bowl win. They'll probably bring George O'Leary back. They're going to do all that. So everything is working against Baylor. Will, will the, will the boat think, be there though, Sean? I mean, he's not doing anything else. <laughs> I'm sure he'd be there. I mean, listen, that like tell you tell me that like that would get everybody even more. Oh, right. absolutely. So it's like if I'm Baylor and I'm walking into the bounce house, and again, that's the edge that UCF has. Like. And that's why any home game that was on this schedule is is completely winnable because the bounce house just adds that extra factor. It doesn't matter how talented the team is, even though they are ultra talented. The bounce house can make any great team turn to average. It it, it just takes the atmosphere. So, yeah, I I find it. Now we have to see obviously how Baylor comes out. They could come out and start. 4-0 and look like one of the best teams in the country, and then we're maybe having a different discussion, right? But I think everything's working against Baylor for that game, and that's why I think they basically get that win and go 4-1. All right, Kansas, October 7th. So again, home, away, home, away, home, and then away to Kansas. October 7th, I'll tell you, Rob, this game kind of scares me. This game makes me feel a little bit like Louisville did in a, a different way. Um, obviously, Kansas was one of the most surprising teams in college football last year. Kansas was projected to be one of the worst teams in college football and kind of the laughing stock of college football, saying, oh, they're in the Big 12, they're a basketball school. Every projected not win any games. Start out 5-0. and They did finish 1-7, and so really bad ending. But Jalen Daniels got hurt. I think that was the big kind of nail in the coffin. He wasn't, he didn't play for about a month. And when he did get back, again, it was almost like they were trying to rebuild the team, trying to get back into a rhythm that they just could they couldn't seem like they could get it. They kind of found it the last game of the season against Arkansas in the Liberty Bowl, where I mean it went to three overtimes. Uh it was, I think, yeah, 55 to 53 in three overtimes. So I think they found it at the end of the season. But they kind of just struggled. Once he came back, there was that struggle. And then the backup quarterback, when he was in, there was just the struggle. So they finished one and seven at the end of it. and But they did make the, a bowl game, which nobody expected them to. Um, I think Lance Leopold, head coach Lance Leopold, has done a phenomenal job. I mean... First year, he was 2-10, and 10, brought him to 6-7, and seven, and I think we both agree probably could have been a lot better, uh, again, if Jalen Daniels doesn't get hurt. And Daniels is coming back, and he is a guy. We said it. UCF has kind of struggled against running quarterbacks. Now, granted, we have no idea. The defense could look completely different this year, so we have no idea kind of how that's going to look. But threw for over 2,000 yards, 18 touchdowns, four interceptions, ran for 420 yards, and seven touchdowns. So, kind of, what's your take on it? Do you think UCF wins or loses that game? Again, it, I think they are so improved, and I think they're returning most of their guys. So, that 
Rob, I think that's a a potential weak spot for UCF heading into Kansas. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Kansas, again, like you said, huge shock last year. The start they got off to, everybody was like, wow, Kansas is actually good for once. Every, I mean, everybody kind of writes them off as a basketball school. And finally, they were putting together a pretty competent team until Jalen Daniels went down. I, listen, I don't think it's any stretch to say that Jalen Daniels is arguably the best quarterback in the Big 12 right now uh, when he's playing. He is a phenomenal quarterback. He's athletic. He's fast. Uh, he's got a good arm. Um, and I think that all presents challenges for UCF's defense. Um, you know, obviously, we don't have Travis Williams, so we don't know how uh, this new defense, um, you know, under a new coordinator is going to fare against running quarterbacks. But really, I think returning against, you know, UCF lost a lot of linebackers. We know that's a big uh, hole for UCF right now until uh, further addressed. Um, you know, I, I don't know how UCF is going to fare against a running quarterback. I, I really do think as of right now, this team will struggle with Jalen Daniels' athleticism and his speed. Um, again, Kansas is a team where their defense still could get a little bit better. It's, it's going to improve. It's young, um, but their offense is really, really good. Um, and, and Daniels is a really solid guy to build around. And so I, I don't know. I think UCF could struggle with this one. Again, this is another, another road game. I, I could see UCF really losing this game. I, I don't think this is, uh, this is not the Kansas of old where it's like, ah, UCF's got this in the bag. Now this is a team with a very good quarterback um, with some pretty good weapons around them. So I think UCF's going to struggle. And ultimately uh, I'll, I'll chalk this up as another road loss to UCF. I hate that we're being the same. I just <laughs> wish we would have one disagreement. Um, I originally, I, I, this is a hard one for me. I have it, it could go either way. I think UCF has more talent on the defense uh, with, you know, the transfers that came in and also the guys we signed. I think that can make a difference. But Kansas, like you said, that offense is lethal. Um, they're much improved. And I think, Again, I, I get flashbacks to Malik Cunningham. Now, I'm not saying Jalen Daniels is Malik Cunningham. I think Malik is a little bit more versatile with his feet. I think he like he's more of a weapon running the football. I'm not saying that Daniels isn't. I think Daniels is a much better passer. And I think when you can when he has a running game, which he does, but he can also pass the ball, that's lethal. And I think the reason why, you know, Louisville didn't, you know kill us even more is because of the passing game. Like we kind of played the pass much better than uh, we did most of the year. And I think Jalen Daniels could probably do some damage. But again, a lot of this is it, it's up in the air. We don't know, but I'll, I'll give UCF the loss for Kansas right now uh, with just everything kind of going against them. But um, we'll see who knows. Uh, October 14th, we get the bye week which I think is a perfect, perfect bye week um, for UCF because you have what one, two, three, four, five, six. So six games. So you you get your bye week right in the middle of the season, which is perfect. Um, and guess who else gets their bye week in week six? Uh, Oklahoma, who you play the very next week. Uh, going to see Sock Boy up in Norman. Uh, nothing to do up in Norman. Uh, but yeah, so. The storylines are endless for this. Obviously, it sucks. I'm disappointed that it's not in Orlando. Most likely, Oklahoma and Texas are both going to the SEC after this year, and it kind of sucks we don't get to host either one of them. 
Uh, none of them are coming to the balance house. And I think it's disappointing because I think it would have ridden itself. I mean, the balance house, him coming back to Orlando, Jeff Levy coming back to Orlando. Now I think it's it's still a national story, but it's not on the scale. It, it's going to be a little bit because at the end of the day, DG's not going to get booed by Oklahoma fans. Um, but it's a big storyline for UCF. I mean, you have, you know, Jeff Lebby playing against UCF, and a lot of people assumed that Lebby was going to be the head coach after Hypo left. That wasn't the case. That kind of angered Dylan Gabriel. He ended up saying, I'm transferring and going back to my good old boy, Jeff Lebby. Uh, that, this is the game. And I think every UCF fan, all I've heard today is this game being talked about. The game that everybody's going to go to, the game that anybody, everybody's going to watch, is because every UCF fan wants to beat the living hell out of Oklahoma. Now the question is, are we going to? Rob, give your thoughts on it. Uh, I will say Oklahoma, you know, Dylan Gabriel played in pretty much every single game. I think he sat only one game after his concussion. He had on... Per his career, he had the worst statistical career of his career, but and that's obviously not including last year because he only played two games. But his stats were down. Now, granted, you have to remember Oklahoma has kind of switched to a running team with Brent Venables. Like it's more of a you know punch it down your throat type of team, um, and a lot of play action when the running game is working. So obviously, Dylan Gabriel, it wasn't like he was you know down too much on his averages, but it was down. He threw less touchdowns than ever in his career. And he threw more interceptions or just about the most interceptions in his career. So they had a couple key wins, but they lost to a lot of teams that were bad. They were decent. Um, and Dylan Gabriel had also some good wins. I mean, beating number 19, Kansas 52, 42. That was also the game that Daniels went down. So kind of an asterisk next to that one. And then they beat number 22, Oklahoma State, 28-13. Those are probably the two biggest wins. But kind of give your take. Do you think that is a win or loss for UCF? Again, that's a game that everybody's going to wake up for. Uh, but kind of give your take on that game. Yeah, this is a toughie. Um, I think Oklahoma is going to be much, much better than they were last year. I mean, they completely raided the transfer portal um, this offseason. Uh what was their biggest issue last year? Defense. They gave up something like 30 points a game last year. And what they do, they go and raid the transfer portal and they go get a bunch of defense, defensive transfers. Uh, so the defense, at least on paper, should be improved. Uh, you know, they got a, a one-two punch at running back. You talked about how much of a run-heavy offense they've kind of become under Brett Venables with Barnes and Sawchuck in the backfield. Uh, they're a really, really good one-two punch um, that could pose a threat to UCF, and, and we'll see how good UCF's run defense is next season. Uh, again, Dylan Gabriel, I mean, we know he's a solid quarterback. Whether you, you love him or you hate him now, he's he's still a solid quarterback, and he's still a guy that can do some damage to your team. Um, uh, really, they've improved everywhere they needed to. They had holes on the offensive line. They've improved it in the transfer portal. He's got some weapons around him now. He's got the backfield. He's got a better defense. So, Brett Venables and and Oklahoma have really improved this program. Um, again, it's all on paper. We don't know what the tangible results will be on the field, but everything so far shows that Oklahoma should be a much improved team. And and really, I, I think at the end of the day, a top three or four team in this conference, if everything goes as planned for them. Um, in Norman, 
UCF, you know, I, I think could struggle. Um, if this is an Oklahoma that shows up and is much better than last year, uh, it's not going to come easy for UCF. And listen, I want to beat Dylan Gabriel and Jeff Levy and Oklahoma as much as the next person. I don't think they will. It's unfortunate this one's going to be in Norman. Um, I, I saw a tweet. I, I Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't remember who posted it. I'm pretty sure it was a, a UCF account. But UCF is the only member of the new four coming into the Big 12 this year that does not get Texas or Oklahoma at home. So UCF yeah. pulled the short straw here. Um, and, and I think it's they're going to come up short because of it. This is not going to be a bad Oklahoma team. I think they're going to be much improved. How much improved? I don't know, but I, I think they're going to be better, and I think they're going to be a real threat to UCF. And I hope I'm wrong, but I have this as a loss. Yeah, I don't think it helped. I think maybe it played a factor because we played Texas in 07 when the bounce house got you know, opened up. And so I think there might have been something with that where you know, because technically Texas came here in 07 and we never kind of we didn't go there back like i think that kind of maybe played a factor but that it's disappointing because i this game at the bounce house it would probably break every record known to man uh for attendance and that's saying a lot and i think nationally televised wise it it'd probably be if we really if ucf went into it and they were and again i could be wrong i don't know the schedule i'm just saying if UCF was going in with two losses, that could be, you know, a college game day type of game because of the storylines with it. But now it, with it being in Norman, I, I, I don't think it it has the same kind of genesis <laughs> If ooh, look, oh, oh. that type of word. Um, listen, I do think the game would be different if it was in Orlando. I think I would feel a lot more confident because Dylan would home him in a way atmospheres crumbles most of the time so i think him in orlando with every single fan booing him in the arena and listen he is an amazing quarterback i don't care what anybody says do i like what he did do i like how he treated it no he did what's best for him so you have to respect it again do i like the way he handled it no i see this as a loss i agree i think oklahoma is going to be much improved I think they are going to be one of those teams probably fighting for the Big 12 championship next year. Both teams are coming off of a bye. So I think there's it's good for both teams. My hope is that it's really close and it comes down to the end. I just hope it is not a blowout on either side. And I don't I don't nah, I hope it's a blowout and we kill them. But I think there's a lot going against them. Now the one thing that UCF does have is have going for it, okay, is they do know DG. I mean, they worked with DG for about a year. I mean, Gus got him in spring ball and fall, where you you kind of know the type of what makes him tick, what he doesn't do good against. I mean, we have watched Dylan Gabriel. Uh, one thing he does struggle against is when there's only three people rushing. That is a big-time struggle, a 3-3-5 three, three, defense. Dylan Gabriel kind of struggles. So I wouldn't be shocked if we throw that out a lot, but then you have to stop the run game. I think our defensive line can contend with that. So I'm not saying it's an automatic loss. Like I think UCF has a chance to win this game. But in Norman, Jeff Lebby and Dylan Gabriel wanting to beat their former team, 
I think there's a lot riding against UCF. Just like I said, there's a lot riding for UCF against Baylor. I think there's a lot riding against UCF versus Oklahoma. But if if we would were to go one and eleven, I would hope that would be the win. So that's all I'm gonna say. So we have the same exact predictions right now. So lost Oklahoma. Uh, and then on October 28th, a week later, we're back at home versus West Virginia. West Virginia, a lot of people, again, we're trying to figure out rivals, right? And people are saying maybe West Virginia, kind of one of the closer teams to UCF. West Virginia needs a rival. Um, but West Virginia is kind of in a flux right now. They kind of did find their quarterback at the end of the season. JT Daniels was their quarterback for most of the year. He struggled. Uh, he's now at Rice. So if that tells you anything, it tells you he was pretty bad. Um, they were five and seven last year. Again, average, but that's what I'm saying. A really bad team. West Virginia was not good last year and they still went five and seven. Like that's what you're not getting much better than the big 12. Um, Garrett green took over for them at the end of the year. He went two and one. And let me tell you, I mean, Oh, and kind of let me go back to Oklahoma for two seconds because this is also a way that UCF could beat Oklahoma. Is basically if you can keep up scoring with them, you have a chance. Uh, uh, Garrett Green ran for 119 yards on Oklahoma. It, so, like, clearly, the defense last year. Now, granted, you said it; they've improved, but we have the probably fastest quarterback in the nation. So, if we can run all over Oklahoma, there's a chance. But Garrett Green, he can do both. He can throw and run. That is a problem for UCF. Now, granted, West Virginia. They've had problems over the last couple of years of getting a lot of top talent to go there. That has been their problem. But the, any given year, I mean, they are a, a solid football team, Rob. Kind of give your thoughts on that. That is another home game for UCF, which I, I think they have a good home schedule. But kind of give uh, your thoughts on it and uh, if you think that's a win or a loss. Yeah. Um, I think when you look at West Virginia, you see a team that is – Again, not very good on defense. They gave up well over 30 points a, a game last season. Um, their defense was not good at all. Uh, we'll see if that improves at all this season. Um, their biggest strength comes, again, kind of with their offense. You're seeing kind of a theme with these big 12 teams, especially these middling teams, bottom of the pack teams. Their offense is still really good. It's their defenses that, you know, completely blow games for them because they they score 30, but they end up, you know, giving up just as much, if not more. Um with West Virginia, they're a very run-heavy team. Um, they're a very good running offense, uh, good on the rush. Uh, they got a good offensive line that can open those holes for the running backs. Um, it's really going to come down to UCF. You know, UCF was pretty good against the run last year. They completely shut down Cincinnati's run game in their matchup. Um, you know, we'll see what they're able to do. Uh, again, it's going to be a, look, a new look defense. It's going to be some new defensive mind. We'll see how much of Travis Williams' uh, defensive um plan and scheme kind of carries over uh, to this new defense um, and its coordination. But I ultimately think they can kind of contain the run with the guys that they do have right now. They've always had a strong front. So I, I really think they can keep West Virginia contained. Uh, looking at it, honestly, West Virginia is probably going to be one of the worst teams in the conference again. Um, it's not a good team. It's not a good program. They're not in a good state. Neil Brown, probably on the hot seat. Um He's got a losing record since he's taken over the Mountaineers. Probably, again, if they finished at or near the bottom of the conference, he's out, I would assume. So this is a team, 
and a coach that's going to be fighting for his life, fighting for his his coaching life. Um, but I, I do think UCF, again, being at home, that is a big boost. I think UCF will be able to contain the run, uh, all things according to plan. And I think UCF does get the, the win here and they kind of bounce back after uh, a couple losses that we have them pegged in for. I agree. I think it's a W. Uh, I think, again, at home, um, I, I think it's just hard for any team coming in. They've never played at the bounce house. And I think, especially a team like West Virginia, who I don't think a lot of people are expecting them to be good, but who knows? They could be the Kansas of this year. They were five and seven last year. So it's not like they were awful. Um, and I, I think they did upgrade at quarterback. I think their quarterback uh, can be lethal. Um, and he has a chance to be really good uh, in the Big 12 next year. November 4th, we travel again. Again, it's home away, home away. Cincinnati, kind of disappointed. I'm not going to lie. I'm surprised that the Big 12 didn't make UCF and Cincy rivals. I think, again, history kind of writes itself. UCF and Cincy were the two big head honchos of the American. UCF and Cincy have kind of have a rivalry over the last couple of years, uh, especially last year. I think there was you know a lot more of a rivalry than in previous years. And I just thought, okay, we're deaf. I thought that was the given on the schedule was we were going to see Cincy in the the last week, but that's not the case. We're seeing them there, and Cincy has a lot of question marks. I think Cincy has probably a good chance to be one of the worst teams in the Big Twelve next year. Cincy fans are not going to like me saying that, but it's true. You lost the guy that made your team Cincinnati. Luke Fickle was Cincinnati. And you lost a lot of good players once he left, and you brought some players in. The one thing that Cincinnati has going for it is Scott Satterfield took over. And obviously, Gus has struggled the last two years because we've lost to Louisville both times. So that's the one thing that Cincinnati has going for it. What I think has going for UCF is UCF has beat this team before. Uh, If anything... We were wanting to play Cincinnati over Tulane at the end of last year because I just think UCF matched up better. Now, they're going to probably run a a different type of offense. I don't know who the starter is. It might be Evan Prater. It might be someone else. Who knows? Uh, I mean, if it's Emory Jones, I would uh, jump for joy. And uh, I, I mean, that's I would view it as an easy win. Now, whenever you go to Cincinnati, I mean, that's a tough environment, just like UCF. I mean, Cincinnati is a tough environment to play in, but... I'm going to give us a dub here. I think UCF is the better team, and I do think Cincinnati probably struggles the most um, out of any team in the Big 12. That's just one, or at least one of them. That's just my biggest takeaway from them because, again, they lost a lot of pieces that made them who they are, and that's kind of why they struggled a little bit last year. Now, if struggling's 9-4, and four, we'll take it. Um, but on, I guess, Cincinnati standards, they struggled, and I think it will continue here um, until Scott Satterfield kind of gets his guys in there and starts recruiting for guys to come to Cincy. Um, do you agree with me on that? Do you agree that we kind of view that as a dub or do you think that's a potential L? I mean, that's not an easy place to play at all. No. Um, if this was still Luke Fickle, I think I'd be a little less confident going into this matchup. Um, you know, Luke Fickle really had the Cincinnati team built as, as an elite program uh, for a group of five team. Um, and, and we saw why two years ago he goes to a college football playoff. Now, did they get absolutely smoked? Yes, but he got them there. Luke Fickle, I mean, this is one of the rare times where you see a coach being probably the most important loss 
of this program. Um, you know, they lost a lot of defensive starters, lost a lot of guys on the offensive line that really they haven't replaced. Scott Satterfield hasn't really brought in a ton of transfers to fill some of those holes. Um, but no, I think the biggest loss of, of Cincinnati bar none is, is losing Luke fickle. Um, you know, Wisconsin is getting a phenomenal coach that is going to completely rebuild that team and could potentially within the next, you know, three to four years, make Wisconsin into a powerhouse in the big 10. Uh, it's not going to be at Cincinnati. You know, a lot of people I think thought fickle was going to ride with them into the big 12. He got them there and he kind of just said, all right, my work here is done. So I think they're worse off for it. They really haven't upgraded. Um, they've kind of patched holes here and there, but haven't really done that. And then they have like a three-way quarterback uh, dispute. You got Emory Jones, you got Evan Prater, and then you, you still got Ben Bryant there. Uh, I think Ben Bryant's, well, I don't know, Emory Jones is probably the weakest of the three, but we saw Ben Bryant last year wasn't very good. So I don't know. I mean, I think ultimately Evan Prater probably wins that job out, but I, I think they're they're clearly a lot weaker than they were with Desmond Ritter there. So this is not a Cincinnati team. I think that's going to be as good as last year. Um, they'll probably be as good, if not a little bit worse than last year, because I think it's going to be very hard for them to compete in the big 12. So I see it again. I hate to agree with you on everything so far, but I think UCF gets a win and I think they get a very important road win here. Yeah. There's no arguing in this pod. And I don't, I, who knows in the next three picks, we might, we might have some disagreements, but who knows? Um, November 11th, UCF goes back home to face Oklahoma State. Now, Oklahoma State is probably the most... I was reading some stuff online, and I think there is some debate because I think a lot of people think, listen, Oklahoma State has talent. There's no question about it. But Mike Gundy... Nobody assumed Mike Gundy would be on the hot seat. I mean, it's it's almost like people just assumed he would stay at Oklahoma State until he got a better job. Last year, went 1-5 to end that year and he has lost they have lost basically all of their key players a lot of people are saying oh you know Oklahoma State with their schedule I think they play every single new team Oklahoma State with their schedule has a chance to be at the top I'm looking at their I I was reading more into it they lost Spencer Sanders he went to Ole Miss they lost their top rusher in Dominic Richardson they also lost five of their top six receivers to the portal Five of their top six receivers dipped. They lost their best pass rusher. Uh, now, to patch up some of it, like their quarterback, they got Alan Bowman, who is the, was one of the quarterbacks at Michigan, but he was originally at Texas Tech. And if you look at his his stats and like what he's done, he he's been at a college since 2018. He was at Texas, Texas Tech in 2018. He played for Texas Tech. That was his best year. He's not had a good year in almost five years. They basically just got, listen, not saying he's going to be garbage, but when hearing all of that, I don't know how anybody can think Oklahoma State's going to be one of the top teams in, in the Big 12. And hearing that and knowing they're coming here, they're pl- coming to the bounce house, I view that as a, Dub, and I'm sorry. Like, I think a lot of people think that that may be a hot take. I know a lot of people have Oklahoma State doing very well next year. I think there are way too many question marks, and I think the good thing that UCF has at this point is if our, you know, if if we're going by if everything plays out by what we're guessing, UCF is going to be one of the top teams in the Big Twelve record wise. So, 
I don't think Oklahoma State comes in and beats UCF at home, uh, especially with all the question marks. Now, again, Mike Gundy's a good coach, but it looks like he might be on the hot seat. So uh, do you agree with me on that? Yeah, let's let's make it another perfect uh, agreement. Uh, yeah, Oklahoma State, listen, they've been a solid, solid program the last few years, especially they've been amongst the elite of the Big 12. Um, you know, Mike Gundy, I don't think, has ever had a losing season as head coach of Oklahoma State um, in the, what, 17 years, 18 years, almost 20 years that he's been head coach of Oklahoma State, hasn't had a losing season. Uh, it's going to be a hard season for him. Um you know, the one guy you didn't even mention they lost. I don't think you mentioned him. I know we mentioned him earlier. Spencer Sanders. I mean, losing him to Ole Miss. Yep. That's, I, I mean, arguably, again, when Spencer Sanders hit the transfer portal, arguably amongst the best quarterbacks available in the transfer portal. He is a very good quarterback um, and was great last year. And Oklahoma State's losing their main guy there. Um, you know, as you said, they lost a good majority of their wide receivers. So on offense, they're pretty much completely decimated. Um, and again, they've kind of patched things up, but again, again, haven't perfectly replaced that. And with Sanders not under center, I think it's going to be very, very tough for Oklahoma State next season. Um, they're going to be really, really tested, and so is Mike Gundy. So I think coming into the bounce house, I think this is a big game. This is uh, of the two, this is Baylor and Oklahoma State are the two I have circled. Like, I need to be there just because it is Oklahoma state, but I think we're going to catch Oklahoma state probably in its worst, um, it's worst condition maybe ever under Mike Gundy. So I think UCF gets a win. November 18th heading to Texas tech. That's an interesting one. Um, kind of give your thoughts on it. They were pretty good last year, eight and five beat Ole Miss pretty handily, uh, in the Texas bowl, 42, 25, they had three different starting quarterbacks last year. I think they finally found one at the end of the year that they're probably going to stick with. Um, Donovan Smith was their starter at the beginning of the year. Uh, they kind of moved on from him. He's now He went to Houston. So, I mean, we might see the former uh, quarterback of Texas Tech the very next week. Um, but Shaw and Morton are probably going to be the two uh, that you know compete. Uh, for the starting job, Morton was a freshman last year. And so I think there is going to be a good competition there. Um, Texas Tech was one of the top offenses in the Big 12 um, in in the country. I think Texas Tech has been for years now. They're, I mean, they're no joke. Um, I think UCF matches up very well. But uh, what are your thoughts, Rob? Do you think that's a win or loss? Yeah, I think of if there's a dark horse team in the Big 12 that can kind of be sneaky good, right? Kind of like a Kansas last year. I, I wouldn't even say Kansas was a dark horse because I think coming into the season, nobody had Kansas doing anything of merit. No. Um, but I think Texas Tech does. I think Texas Tech, I think you look at, at the team and they're solid. I mean, their defense improved last year. Uh, Texas Tech's defense has always been its main flaw. Uh, the offense has always been potent. The defense has never really been good, but it's improving. Um, they've lost a couple key guys on the defense, but they're going to be better. Um, I think this is a really good offense. If they can find their starter and a good starter, I think this is a really scary underdog team that you'll see in the Big 12 next year. Um, Texas Tech is always a fun matchup with any team they play because of how interesting and how potent their offense has been traditionally. So I really think this is going to be a tough matchup for UCF. I'll actually give UCF the win. I think UCF does, like you said, UCF does match up well against them. Um, I wouldn't be shocked. This is like kind of a Boise state where 
Uh, UCF could kind of be caught off guard towards the end of the season. I think they, um, you know, the talent that Texas Tech does have, they could kind of surprise UCF and and get get a win. But I'm going to give it to UCF. I think I think this is a good matchup, and I think the Knights can pull that off. Um, you know, if they really do have a good team next season. First disagreement. I'm going. Right. Out. I'm going. Good. Out. I'm glad we finally disagreed. Uh, thank God. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> I almost thought you did it on purpose. No. Um, Texas. Listen, it is a winnable game. I think against high-powered offenses, if there's anything that you get off of my predictions, it's uh, high-powered offenses scare me. And uh, until I so I give us else. Um, until I know that our offense can keep up with those teams, that's going to be the question. Can our offense keep up with these high-powered offenses as well? Listen, I know we are one of the top on offenses in the nation, but it didn't feel like that. So I'm going to give us the L, especially in the cold weather. I mean, probably not the, the best for a Florida team uh, that doesn't ever really feel cold. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to say probably L, but again, a, a winnable game. Uh, and... We're not going to talk too much on the next game because I hate that this is now, I guess, our new rival. But Houston, November 25th at home, closing the season at home with, I guess, our Space U rivals. Um, Sucks. We're probably going to get our Space U uh, jerseys then, but we're going to have to wait four months. No, three months. Three months to get our Space Unis to be released. Or four months, whatever. Um, but yeah, clearly the Big 12 said, hey, we're going to make Houston your guys' new rival because of the space theme, which I, listen, I don't even think Houston even buys into the space theme. Like, they don't do anything with space. So I don't know why that is. Um, but I think it could be cool if Houston actually kind of made it fun like that. Uh, UCF has kind of owned Houston for the most part. Uh in, in our history, I, I would say um, they're, they're losing Clayton Dune uh, to the draft. I mean, he played all of his years. He's gone and that's 40 touchdowns leaving you. Uh, I think they've got a lot of questions at quarterback that that is their question. And that's going to be kind of contingent, but I think the question or the, I guess, storyline of Houston last year was just underperforming. I mean, a lot of people just pegged them to be number one in the American or at least number two last year. And they just weren't, they were like fourth. Uh, so I think going into the big 12, listen, what, what it has going for them is they literally don't need to leave their state. Like they can, they, they literally just stay in their state for basically all their games. Uh, so that's good on them. I think they're going to have a really hard time. I mean, I, I think we match up really well against Houston again. Like I said, if this is our new rival, I mean, it's going to be a lot going against them. If that's our space game, a lot going against them. And if if that's our new rival, I guess that's our new rival. I would rather have Cincy. I think probably 99% of people would rather have Cincy, but whatever. Um, so I'm going to give UCF the win there. I don't think it's that much of a game. I think that's kind of an easier way to end the season. Um, that's our USF this year. Um, I'm not going to say completely, but you know what I mean. Um, and yeah, I mean, until I know who the quarterback is, until I know how they're playing, because last year they did not impress me at all. Um, uh, I'm going to give UCF the dub. I think it's very easy for both of us at that point. Yeah. Uh, again, we come to an agreement. Um, picking, uh, picking Houston would put me at, uh, UCF going 
three and zero, and then zero and four, and then five and zero. So uh, that'd be pretty impressive if UCS UCF is if they actually do beat Texas Tech, which now maybe I'm kind of reconsidering. I don't know if they'll actually uh, get that fifth win there, but um, no, I, I think Houston of the new four teams into the Big Twelve and the the, the new additions, I think Houston is probably the worst set. Um, you know, they're probably the weakest team coming in. They weren't very good last year. Again, this is a pretty much a basketball school. Houston is elite, yeah, elite at basketball and has always been kind of decent at football. Dana Holgerson's a good coach, a uh, great coach, even in the American. Uh, he, he's awesome. always, yeah, he's always been, he's always been solid. But now I think Houston is just kind of worse for wear coming into um, the Big 12, and I don't think they're prepared. Uh, it's funny enough, they actually do have Donovan Smith um, at quarterback. Uh, we just yeah. talked about him at Texas Tech. So it'll be interesting to see what he does. Clayton Tooney obviously was the the big guy there. They also lost their top wide receiver, Nathaniel Dell. Uh, that's a big loss that they haven't really recovered from. Uh, probably won't recover from by the time the season starts. I, I don't see it going very well for Houston next year. I think they're going to be a pretty, again, kind of like a West Virginia, probably towards the the bottom of the conference. Um, so I have UCF getting a dub here. Um, again, whether that's the fifth dub in a row or, you know, UCF finishes the season four and one based off our predictions, I think UCF ends the season pretty, pretty well. We know UCF don't lose space games either, so. Houston, we have a problem. Yeah, that's that's also what's going against yep, Houston. Houston, we have a problem. 100%. All right. Well, if that all holds up, I have them going 8 and 4, and you have them going 9 and 3. I know like we don't think about it, but you have them going 9 and 3, bro. So, I want to say this, right? And this is we're ending it here because I mean, we got so excited we went over an hour, which I kind of suspected. But listen, I think I think what would just make us happy is six and six. Get to a bowl. If you get to a bowl game in your first year, because I think right now we are, I think these predictions are maybe a little bit reaching, potentially. And and I'm okay admit to say that. Like I, I listen we could go into our first two weeks in the big 12 and get killed. And then we're like, okay, we probably just over exaggerated. Right. But I don't think eight and four, nine and three are things that we can't get to. I think at best there's potential for 10 and two. Now, do I think that happens? Absolutely not. I think at worst, you could probably go four and eight. I mean, if that, that's the thing, you might only win one game in the big 12. And, and so anything can happen. I think the Best case scenario is, uh, I don't want to say best case. All we want is a good, solid season where you felt like, okay, you can play with the big boys. Six and six and you go to a bowl game, I'm sorry. I think that, like, you're we're switching our mindsets. We're, like, no, I don't think UCF is competing for a championship this year. I think probably every UCF fan understands that. I'm not saying the team isn't. I'm sure the team is like, we're going to go out and win in year one. But after what we saw last year, I think last year's team could do something in last year's Big 12, but they wouldn't be anywhere near as good as we would think they were. This next year, I think there's a lot of talent. I think the Big 12 is mainly wide open. I think anybody can be good, but we got to see it. And I think 6-6, six and six, if you can get to a bowl game, I've heard every single UCF fan say this, so it's not just me. It's 
get to a bowl game, and I think we'll be happy. Because look at um, Brandon Helwig mentioned it, or uh, I'm Lopez said it on his show. Oklahoma was six and six last year, and they went to the Cheez It Bowl against Florida State. So the Big Twelve is respected. You go six and six, that's respectable. You're not of the elite, but you're a good football team. Now, UCF has always been about winning championships, being one of the elite programs in college football, and I think they will get there. I think, listen, they're already on the path to that. Again, if you look at all the teams in the Big 12, there is if I'm a recruit, there's one school I really want to go to. It's it, So I don't think UCF's going to have a problem there. They're going to be breaking records every year in recruiting. They're going to continuously get better, especially when your head coach is who he is. But listen, I say 8-4. and four, We'll see. As long as you get to a bowl game, I think we'll have a good season. Where are there going to be ups and downs? Are we going to get really, you know, upset at some points and and probably overreact? Sure, but I think the fact of the matter is we're here, guys. We are here. We're in the Big Twelve. We're in the Power Five. No more little boy ball. We're there. But now you got to act like it. Now you have to act like it, and you have to win the games you're supposed to win. If you just win, if you just beat the teams from the American in your first three games, you're 5-0. and That's five wins. If you beat the first three teams and you beat Houston and Cincinnati, that's five wins right there. Then you just need to beat one more team. So it's like there's a path where UCF can get at the top of the Big 12 fairly quickly. It could be this year. It could be next year. Who knows? But the fact of the matter is I think we're all just very excited. We finally get this, and it's not over because we've got a long offseason, but a lot of good stuff coming up uh, until we can play these games. But it's great time to be a UCF night. Uh, Rob, quick final thoughts before we close out this long, long episode. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of reason to be positive here, even if you're looking at the schedule and you're like, oh, I see a, I foresee a losing season. They're not going to fare well against Big 12 opponents. Listen, the team's here. They're in the Big 12, going eight and four, nine and three, uh, you know, even going six and six or, or seven and five, I think is more respectable than even sometimes going 10 and two in the American. You know, just the way the voters and the college football playoff and all these, you know, kind of view the big 12 and view a power five schedule. Uh, you're going to see that narrative kind of change around the team. And I think of, if, if this doesn't get you a little bit more motivated about the team, regardless of what you think of, it looks like on paper and the quarterback discussion, this team, I think out of the four new teams is probably the best prepared for the big 12. I think they're going to fare the best next year. And moving forward, I, I think that we got a we got a coach that you know isn't going to be on the hot seat. I don't think um, you got a good staff, good team on paper, great recruits, great transfers. I, I think there's a lot of reason to be positive about this program. And again, they're the most suited for the Big Twelve going into next year, in my opinion. It's going to be exciting. I mean, I think we're all excited and we're all pumped and just excited to see what product can be put out on the field. And we listen, we're going to talk over the next couple of months about the offense, Darren Hinshaw coming in, what the defense is going to look like, what players are going to start. A lot of talking points, um, all leading to that first game on August 31st against Kent State. 
Guys, put down in the comments, what do you guys think the record is? I am sure you think we are crazy for our records. Probably, Rob, a little bit more crazier than me because eight wins, nine wins is probably pretty insane to predict uh, going into the Big 12. Um, for all of our new Big 12 uh, rivals that are now in watching our videos because they want to see what we think about that game, hello, please subscribe. We'd love to uh, hear your guys' thoughts on your team. Uh, and give us more insight because trust me, we're going to need to do a lot of studying over the next couple months about your guys' rosters and how you play. Um, we've been so stuck in American mode that we haven't really gotten the chance to uh, do any of that stuff. So please write down below, give us any new information on your team in the Big 12. We'd love to read it. And also what you think UCF will do in the Big 12. What would the record be? Are they going to do a bowl game? Are, there, are they only winning one game? That would be very interesting. We might have to cancel the show. Um, but drop all those comments down below. All right, guys, uh, we will see. Uh, I'm we uh, we're recording this Tuesday night, so Wednesday we might see if we're getting a couple more recruits to commit. We will see, uh, and we will also be rec we're potentially recording another episode this week, depending on that, um, where we can get Nick on to kind of give his thoughts as well on the games. Um, so be on the lookout for that. If not, guys, this has been Charge On presented by Bet Online. We will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.